Should another government shutdown occur, a bill introduced by an Arizona Democratic congressman would force Congress to stay in town until it's over. It's just one of five accountability bills from Tom O'Halloran, who joins me now. Congressman, good to have you on. Uh, thanks a lot, Tom, and I appreciate it. Tell us about the no outbound flights for lawmakers if government halts to a stop that works out to No Flights Act. Well, the basic uh, emphasis there is that uh, if we're shut down as a government, that should mean uh, clearly identify that we have a, a problem with getting our budget done, which is one of our primary responsibilities here. And we shouldn't be leaving town and, and making making the rest of the nation think that we're, we're, uh, things are normal. They're not normal when we don't have a budget. And we shouldn't be allowed to, to on the government dollar, go out, out outside of Washington during that period of time. And if you choose to go home, uh, you know, the, the speakers be, uh, under this is required to have the floor open every day, including Saturdays and Sundays. And members are either here or they're not. They're, it's noted. And uh, people in their district should know, uh, be able to understand that uh, you know, they're not accepting their responsibilities. Because didn't the speaker also leave town during the last shutdown? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both speakers, uh, our, our current speaker and, and uh, speaker uh, before the speaker uh, Ryan parties changed, uh, uh, yeah. they both left. Yeah. And it's just not a good sign when your leadership that is responsible for something is going back home and and uh, not staying at work. What's your sense of the support you would get for this bill from from your own party, much less the Republicans? Support-wise, it's going to be a hard sell, uh, but that doesn't mean you don't try and you keep trying. Uh, I've never been one to uh, shy away from uh, an issue that uh, I feel is important, and I, f- I think it's really important for... I don't even think we should be paid. I mean... We should never close government down. We we should uh, those that are responsible should be the ones that face the consequences, and that's us, the people that are responsible to get the budget done. Okay, let's move on to the taxpayers don't incur meaningless expenses or the Dime Act, and this has to do with federal officials, both at the elected, appointed, and career levels. Well, uh, you, you, no taxpayer money should be spent on, on government air travel that violates the rules. Uh, and uh, that's for not only Congress, but the senior elected officials and uh, and uh, calls for the uh, independent office of uh, government ethics uh, to report on ways to strengthen the existing rules. The This whole process and thought process that, uh, uh, you know, oh, it's all right to travel anywhere I want and, and, and to do anything I, I can on the taxpayer dollar, it's just wrong. You, you when I was in private business, you had to justify where you were going, why you were going there. And it's one thing about going back and forth to home when you're not shutting down government, and it's part of your uh, your job for Congress people. But uh, for people that are uh, also in the executive branch, for them to be just running all over the country, especially when there might be a political uh, piece to it, is not good. Uh, you know, if you're traveling on taxpayer dollars, you shouldn't be going around the country uh, talking about politics in any way, shape, or form. It should be strictly business, and it should be business that's pertinent to your ability to get your job done. I mean, officials of an administration sometimes take leave to do politicking, which is legal, but they've got to do it on their own time and on their own dime. Do you sense that sometimes exactly. that doesn't happen? But that hasn't been the case. <laughs> We've had plenty of officials that are, are doing it on our dime or 
uh, the Defense Department's dime, which is our dime also. And and uh, uh, no, we, we we have to. We ha- this is a lot of money. Uh, and uh, you know, in in the larger context of a four plus trillion dollar budget, is it a lot of money? No. Is it a lot of money for the example it sets for the the wasteful spending that we shouldn't be having? You know, you can't you can't as an elected official say, uh, well, I'm going to. I, I, I think we have too big of a budget deficit and then set the example that, oh, it's all right to waste money. No, it's not all right to waste money, and especially when it's taxpayer money. We're speaking with Democrat Tom O'Halloran, who represents Arizona's 1st District, and then the No Ongoing Perks Enrichment, or NOPE, Act. That applies to Congress and the way it travels when it does fly. Well, that, uh, well the first thing is that we shouldn't be paying for any first-class seats for government officials, uh, period. Uh, if if they obviously if they have points, uh, we travel a lot. If you have points, that's one thing. But if if some uh, person in the executive branch or congressional branch feels that they need to fly first class, come you come up with the ex- extra dollars, not the taxpayer. And this also um, uh, says that within the uh, act that. Uh, uh, increases the ban on lobbying by uh, former congressional people from two years to five years. Uh, and that, I think, is really relevant. Uh, and I would say that uh, it's not only lobbying, but what they call public relations. So you can go to a lobbying firm and become a public relations person with that firm right away and still have basically the same impact you do in lobbying. But I, I think that gap of two years is way too short. Uh, you're still in there with a bunch of people that you've known for a long time. And, uh, you know, take your expertise somewhere else, but don't bring it back to Congress to to use it because you've been trained and, and pay your, you've had your salary paid for by the American people for 10 years. And now you know what you're talking about, so let's take advantage of it. Friendships that you've made. Sure. And then you've got a bill with respect to the Office of Congressional Ethics. Not a very big agency. What would your bill do there? Well, that that would be the Clean Act. I, I, Correct. I think that's what you're referring to. Yep. Uh, and obviously, it's a permanent body now. We work to to try to get that uh, done, but it's it's currently it's required to be renewed every two years uh, through the rules package. I mean, this should be there should be no two year renewal process. It, it should be ingrained into our entire system that ethics is is a critical component of the trust of the American people. Uh, and uh, we need to remove the partisanship of political attempts to get the uh, the office uh, behind closed doors. Uh, transparency is a critical element of a democracy to make sure that people know what's going on within their government. And uh, I'm a firm believer that uh, that type of transparency shouldn't be done behind closed doors so that people don't get um, – so that the investigations are, are, people know that we're doing investigations, they know, they know that we're doing them the right way, and they're, they're relative to, to the underlying uh, needs of the American people. Now, this is the second time that some of the bills you've introduced have been introduced by you. What are you doing to get, say, Republican co-sponsor? Do you have some already? Well, you, you go out there, it's hard to find co-sponsors on these types of bills. That's you know that there's a need for a bill when the congressional people that uh, are going to be impacted by the bill don't want to get on on board this item because they're impacting their lives. We're we're more than happy here to impact the lives of the American people or politically impact lives the lives of people in, in the other party. 
but we're not on board to to send a clear message to the American people that we're going to change our ways. And that's, that needs to be a requirement. We need to be able to change our ways and show the American people we're willing to do that. We have to increase the trust in government uh, and get away from this perception in, in the, uh, of the American people uh, that they, that government is bad. Government is what the American people want it to be, and I think what they want are, are people here that they can trust and know that they're doing the job for the right reason. And this is the only way we're going to get there, is to have bills like this so the American people can regain that trust in their government, which is at a, you know, the, the polling numbers are at a tremendously low level historically, and uh, it, we don't want to continue in that direction. And um, I personally feel that uh, as an American citizen, I, I want to see our that type of transparency projected across all of government and begin to treat, treat the American people with respect again and the knowledge that we work for them. They don't work for us, and we're not special. They're special. All right, and just a final question. Since the president's budget proposal for 2020 is out, and in your two terms there there was a shutdown that spanned the end of one term and the beginning of your new term, so you're mm-hmm. kind of a child of the shutdown era, you might say, in terms of your <laughs> congressional career. How would you handicap the chances for some kind of a agreement by the end of this fiscal year? Well, I, I think it's uh, at this point in time, I wouldn't give it much of a chance. It's deteriorating, in fact, I think. Um, you know, uh, when you, when you first of all, when the president puts out a budget that, that is just uh, against some of the things that he has said in the past that he wants to see, you know, no cuts to Medicare, no cuts to, to Medicaid, uh, you know, protection of Social Security, and then the budget comes out, and the the skinny budget, as they call it, comes out, and it's just a terrible budget for those major categories. Um, and trying to identify that uh, this is going to continue to add to the burden of uh, of the deficit when, when, you know, quite frankly, we knew that the tax cuts were going to add to the burden of the deficit, and we did that without identifying how we were going to pay for the priorities of of the American people. And um, it was done the, the wrong way, and now we're paying the consequences, and uh, it appears the administration wants to pay for those consequences by hurting uh, families uh, in the middle class and, and, and those that are economically not able to uh, uh, address some of their issues uh, in life. And, and again, to our environment, you, you name it, this, this budget has it in there, and uh, it's going to be uh, well debated, and I'm afraid that it's uh, – uh, even when the Republicans change it, it will get changed. Uh, we'll try to change it. The Republicans will try to change it. Uh, some change is good, some change is bad. But in the end, it's going to be a very difficult task uh, because of, of the message that this type of a budget sends out to the American people. And I don't, I don't think we should – I'll have, I'll, for the next two, three months, I'll have people at public events saying to me, and some of them in tears, saying, what am I going to do about all these cuts? What, what's going to happen to my Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security? And you have to calm them down and say, the, this budget is not going anywhere. And that, you know, let's, I would wish that all presidents, not just this president, would sit down with Congress and say, uh, can we work here? And we, where can we work in making sure when my budget comes out, it represents something close, at least, to where we need to be in the end? 
and that's just not done. Democrat Tom O'Halloran represents Arizona's 1st District. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks a lot, Tom. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Find a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive when you want on your device by subscribing at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.